Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Just got finished talking to presidential candidate Nikki Haley, and now we turn around and bring on the line a U.S. Senator. Tom Tillis is with us. Senator Tillis, Bo and Beth here. Good morning to you. Good morning, Bo and Beth, and uh, happy Valentine's Day, especially to my sweetheart of 37 years, Susan. Oh, that's so sweet. Happy Valentine's Day to you as well. Thank you. Let's talk about Valentine's Day Eve. It was quite a day yesterday, and really uh, the overnight leading into yesterday, uh, the 70 to 29 vote. Uh, you were one of 22 Republicans who uh, voted for this $95 billion foreign aid package. And uh, I'm, I'm just curious, uh, <laughs> I've seen some of the reaction uh, from people in your own party about uh, about voting for this, uh, namely because it uh, does not have any provisions for border security here in the United States. Uh, there's been some criticism uh, in your own ranks. Uh, what's it been like, and what's your reaction uh, now, 24 hours later? Well, you know, I, I stand by my uh, my vote. I think this time for members of Congress to step up and recognize the threat and potential reemergence of a Cold War. Um, I, I, I think that there are, but we had 22 members vote for it. I think there were more that were sympathetic to it. Some just ended up uh, yielding to what I think are bogus arguments against it um, and a very, very critical time in American history. And I'm not going to be on a dark chapter in a dark chapter in American history where we decided to isolate and let Russia reemerge as a malign global threat. Well, uh, one of the criticisms, and I was, uh, you know, I, uh, things that were heard on this this very radio station yesterday, uh, you know, why all this money now uh, and yet nothing for the border if it sounds like that the urgency of the situation between uh, Ukraine and Russia is not at a fever pitch? I mean, you said in your speech yesterday that Ukraine is winning and Putin is losing by a 10 to 1 kill differential, Ukraine versus uh, Russia, uh, on the battlefield. Uh, so obviously it's not a stalemate. So why well, the urgency? It's so simple. Let's see what happens when the United States make a, makes a precipitous decision. Um, it looks a lot like Kabul in Afghanistan uh, a couple of years back. Um, if we create a void there by equivocating on our support to Russia or to Ukraine, then this coalition of 50 nations will begin to crumble, and our reputation will be damaged. It will be a perfect time for Xi Jinping to move into Taiwan, and it will be a perfect time for other malign actors like North Korea and Iran to really test our resolve. You can't, as the leader of the free world, we don't have the option of sitting out threats globally if we care about the global world order and the democratic world order. That's just the bottom line. And again, I've got to remind people there were a lot of falsehoods. I told people I was going to take this boat and come back to North Carolina and explain it. Falsehood number one, all this money is going into plane loans to Ukraine. $35 billion is going to our military industrial base to fix what we now know is a gaping hole that we didn't know until Russia invaded Ukraine. $35 
billion. For every dollar going to Ukraine, two dollars and fifty cents is going to the U.S. military industrial base to be better prepared. Because God forbid that that had been a NATO ally that Russia invaded, and we discovered the weaknesses that we now know have to be addressed. That's just one example. But then there's also bogus arguments about. Um, how this is laying the groundwork for impeaching Trump. Uh, five Pinocchios don't even think it, it's worthy of airtime. It's just, it's a falsehood. Um, you could, uh, I, we could, I could go down a long list, but I want to go back to what you said about the border. I hate that we do not have provisions on the border. But in part, President Trump said that he didn't want what was in this border package, and we can't get what we all want in a border package, which is effectively shutting it down and sending every person who comes across the border illegally. That was an opportunity lost. That is something we'll have to fight for when President Trump gets into the White House. Um, but we are where we are. Uh, we have to vote on what is possible, and right that right now, border isn't. But if Speaker Johnson wants to put something in and send it back, that's fine by me. But let's just not say that we're not going to that, that we're not going to look at a threat in Ukraine because we didn't look at a legitimate threat on the border. They're both important, and we we don't have the luxury of only picking and choosing. We've got to address all of them as the leader of the free world. Well, let's talk about that border bill that did not pass last week. Now, that was it it was months and months of negotiation, um, primarily from Senators James Lankford and Senator Chris Murphy, a a Republican and a Democrat who put together that legislation, which you just mentioned, um, the former president, Donald Trump, did not support, although it was a bipartisan solution idea bill. Now, you voted against that. Why why vote against that particular bill to not at least start the process of putting something in place? Well, Beth, because I felt like the uh, the, the border uh, is very polarizing. And I said, I told James Langford uh, that I would do everything I could to help him get to a majority of our conference. But I felt like it was strategically very important to come up with a uh, a border policy baseline that could get a majority of our Republican conference, because that would give us, I thought, the momentum that we would need to have it seriously considered in the House. And we, we, we simply fell short. I think we it, it took too long, and I know that these are complex and difficult negotiations, but I think it took too long. And I don't think that... Uh, the right stakeholders were engaged earlier. We, we should have had a bill that was in, endorsed by Governor Abbott. With, with all due respect to President Trump, I'm more concerned right now with the people on the front lines. So if we could have crafted a bill that not only had the Border Patrol Council's endorsement, which it did, but Governor Abbott's endorsement and active involvement in it as an example of other law enforcement, that's what I was hoping we would get out of the negotiations so that we could get a strong bipartisan Republican majority vote out of the Senate. I thought that that would provide it heft in the House. That didn't happen, and I've I've said months ago that if we couldn't get a majority that I wasn't going to vote for it because I thought it was a... um, a wasted effort in terms of getting any kind of attention in the House. So what was it about that bill um, in your mind, based on the conversations that you had behind closed doors, what was it that wasn't something that, that Abbott could endorse or that other Republicans in the caucus couldn't endorse? I'm not, you know, I'm not really sure about I, I do. I think people need to know that the Border Patrol Council is the law enforcement at the border. The fact that they endorsed it should have 
giving people an indicator. These are people on the front lines who die, actually. Uh, a couple every year die in the line of duty trying to do their job in this failed administration, failed Biden administration on border enforcement. I think it would be taking that and, and going down to Texas, going down to a border, a red border state, and say, Governor Abbott, what do you need to protect your folks? And the fact of the matter is there were a number of things in this bill that Governor Abbott, uh, I believe, did respond positively to, but I'm not sure that he had a, a pen or active involvement in the negotiations. I think that that would have been another component that could have gotten us to a broader base of support by Republicans. But it it, it didn't happen, and now we have to move on and, and hope that the President Trump, when he gets elected next year, in fact, uh, he, he says he has all the tools he needs. We'll see next year, and I hope he is. Uh, I hope he does. Really quickly, is there anything to what the Democrats are saying, that Republicans are using this just to keep this a, a campaign issue? Is there any truth to that? No. And, and my goodness, uh, look, if, if we pass this bill, Beth, the, President Biden is good. The, he has created such an enormous problem that this is going to be an issue in November if we had passed the bill and he started implementing it today. Hundreds of thousands of people are going to cross the border. Almost two million now gotaways. People coming in this country avoiding detection at the border. Biden owns this administration owns this uh, travesty, and I think that President Trump is wise to run on it, because we all know that President Trump's going to do a better job. He may not have all the tools that uh, James Langford had hoped to give him, but but we know that we will see reduced crossings once he comes into office. And and this bill not passing, there was, there was no members were not opposing it because they felt like it was giving Biden a win. Biden has felt that the, the damage is so profound that there's no amount of work over the next eight months that uh, could fix the situation for Biden. U.S. Senator Tom Tillis is joining us here on Good Morning BT. All right, different topic, same subject, though. It all goes back to the border these days. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas impeached uh, by the House of Representatives yesterday late. Uh, Cabinet Secretary has uh, not been impeached by the U.S. Congress since 1876. And so now we know uh, sort of the timeline for this. Uh, The uh, managers will present the articles to the Senate following the uh, state work period, according to uh, uh, Senator Schumer yesterday. uh, your thoughts on on this happening and what you uh, how you believe this is going to go, uh, you know, in, in the coming days. Well, it's uh, highly unlikely that we have an impeachment trial. Uh, most people believe that Schumer is going to uh, make a decision to uh, just procedurally table it. Uh, so I don't know that we would ever get on to examining the uh, the facts of the case. Uh, but what I will say is that I hope that the House. I haven't really followed it that closely. I hope the House has done its job. You know, the Constitution's pretty specific about impeachment, and and I, uh, in terms of high crimes, misdemeanors, and there's a, a due process uh, expectation here that hopefully they lived up to. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't think Schumer even gives it as a, a chance to air those uh, those sorts of issues. I believe he tables it uh, fairly quickly and that it's probably done in 24 hours if, if he doesn't use some other device where it's not even disposed of, referred to a committee. He's got a couple of options, and I think he'll exercise them. U.S. Senator Tom Tillis, we always appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Yeah, you guys take care.